welcome to the GCW Plants Podcast, episode 20. Once again with us, Mr. John J. Wolf, and today we are covering GCW's Effie's Big Gay Brunch 5. And this will be the last event of the Art of War weekend, and it's been a fun, crazy, violence weekend, and now... The entertainment starts with Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and I just remember last year's was a very entertaining, a lot of in-ring stuff, a lot of uh, high spots and people jumping off of uh, platforms that super up high that you didn't really see on this one, but it was a nice, fun, and entertaining show. Before we get into it, John, what do you have for pre-show remarks? Yeah, so normally I like to do these pre-show remarks, and the first thing I will say for especially Effie's Big Great Gay Bunch, uh, wow, here's how we start. So basically, I'm super tired, so this kind of works also. But yeah, for Effie's Big Gay Brunch, the one thing I kind of wanted to say was I'm going to make sure, especially with this, is to keep sensitivity of pronouns as much as possible. I'm going to make sure I do them to the best of my ability. And of course, B is going to do his to the best of his ability. I'm going to try to default to maybe even a they if necessary. But I want you to know that some of these performers I'm new to, so I may not absolutely know exactly what they want uh, to be spoken to as so i'm just letting you know ahead of time that's going to something that we feel is fair and respectful to the community to just mention it up front because we're really here to just talk about gcw and we want to make sure that um it's really about the love of gcw and and obviously yes each other so i think that's my first little remark but um here we roll so we are welcomed by j rose to the effie's big gay brunch poil del mar is introduced she comes out and says hello to the chicago fans and runs through her many accolades hypes up the crowd and announces the performers for the night and i believe we see fur cassidy up in the background there so um <laughs> it was really a good sized crowd i was really surprised by how much because i was looking at that settlement series crowd and i'm going okay where's this one gonna land and there was um a very good sized crowd there and i'm always happy to see a, a good crowd so that was absolutely fantastic that's uh that's where i land on the beginning of this it was a really good show i'm hoping they all ate well because i heard there was really good food i know effie also said something on his podcast about them having a nice brunch with real food so i'm hoping they really enjoyed themselves over there i enjoyed myself watching this so rock and roll my friend yeah there was a way bigger crowd uh than the sediment series that's for sure and it's good to see because uh, this was like i said last year's show was super entertaining and I was going into this one thinking it was just going to be a fun, entertaining uh, night of uh, action. I was kind of, I saw some of the matches and stuff, and there was a lot of new names, as you said at the beginning. A um, lot of new names that I've never seen or heard of. So I was obviously, once like I always am when I see new names, excited to see new talent, learn about new talent, and see what they could provide in a GCW ring or in Effie's Big Gay Brunch here. And um, my first kind of... Uh, Remark is I it was so nice seeing Jay Rose back. I love Jay Rose on uh doing the ring announcing. Um his energy is crazy. I've seen him do a couple of these Grap House shows that we're catching tomorrow. And I love his energy and like how he introduces the wrestlers. He has his own little style and flair, and he's always just in the ring dancing along to all the entrance musics and stuff too. So seeing Jay Rose <laughs> made me smile because I always liked like Jay Rose when um, he was announcing for previous uh, GCW shows before kind of MLJ hopped on more full-time. I know Jay Rose was doing a lot of the shows back in the pandemic days and stuff. So it was very nice to see Jay Rose back in the GCW ring. 
And for the first match of GCW's Effie's Big Gay Brunch, we have Devin Monroe going against Jay Vidal. And this one, I was just super excited to see Jay Vidal once again back in a GCW ring. We just saw them on the Settlement Series. And uh, Devin Monroe, it was nice seeing them back again, too. I think they, I'm pretty sure they wrestled on last year's Effie's Big Gay Brunch. I'm not 100% sure. I know I've seen them somewhere. I, I wanted to say it was the Effie's Big Gay Brunch, so, but um, it was nice seeing Jay Vidal back for sure. What was your thoughts on this match? So I was going to ask you a little more at some point. If you have anything more to say about Devin Monroe, I'd love to hear it maybe just a little further um, because to me he was new or I just have seen him before and maybe not remembered at the time. He came out to great cheers. He was well-received. Jay Vidal, very well-received by, by all the fans. He, uh, he was playing heel this match, Jay was, and he decided he was going to start by calling the ref stupid. So the match did finally get underway, and I was watching for a while there. It looked like Devin was kind of a newer wrestler, and I was right by some standards. He is. He just started in 2018, but but really impressive. I could just see there were still some things that were new, not in a bad way. It's just these are things you kind of see where you go, ah, he's a newer guy. Fantastic though. He's got some good moves to him, and he and he goes he, he goes in the ring really well. I noticed Jay, because I've seen him so many times, he was somewhat reserved in this match. Uh, same thing. He was playing more to Devin's strengths on this one. But around eight minutes in and the fight finally goes to the outside, but it's just for like a quick moment. Devin gets kind of thrown into about four rows of chairs. It's a fantastic spot. And then they finally get back into the ring. But uh, Devin gets kicked out of the uh, power bottom bomb, which is very rare. And I don't know how many times I've ever really seen that, but that was an attempt about 10 minutes in. But finally, our winner ended up in this one, Devin Monroe, with an impressive top rope run into a head spike onto the mat. I, I really hope there's a name for that move. The, the name wasn't used by commentary, so I don't know if they even known, known one either. But this was a surprising win by uh, Devin Moore. And I've, I just, I'm happy to see Jay Vidal, yeah. our hometown boy. Same thing. It was nice seeing Jay Vidal back. Um, uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised too. Devin won because I think I mentioned on the settlement series, like Jay Vidal has been kind of getting a pretty good push out here in Vegas. And even when um, Jay's wrestled for PCW, I know he held the belt out there. I forgot what belt it was, but I know Jay Vidal has been getting pushed. And he, um, last year during Effie's Big Game Brunch, when I was talking about the high spots and stuff at the beginning of the show, like he, like Jay Vidal was up top and did like a front flip off of the, whatever platform it was up there and onto a crowd of people and stuff like that. That was just a memory that stuck out. Like when I think of Effie's big gay brunch last year, that's the moment that ste that stands out for me. So um, I was, I was pretty shocked to see uh, Jay Vidal was a totally different match than the, ma uh, the match they had with uh, AJ Garrett. Sorry. I had a little break. Mm -hmm. oh, Thotty yep. Steiner. I was going to say Thotty Garrett, but I was like, wait, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> AJ Garrett, Thotty Steiner, as you said, yes, it's been a long week of talking. I am tired. Uh, we're mm -hmm. gonna roll through this show though, because it was a fun show, and um, yeah, totally different match than Jay Vidal had with uh, JJ Gear, which is nice. I like just obviously like variety, like seeing what the wrestlers mm -hmm. how they could uh, change up their styles accordingly to the, whatever promotion they're working with or whatever show they're on or their opponent, especially. So um, this was a good match, and yeah, Devin definitely improved from when I last saw. Uh, um, it was now I remembered it was this year's that. Uh, Effie's big gay brunch at the collective this year's with last time I saw Devin Monroe. So yeah, that was, that was a fun match. Like what? 13 minutes. Uh, didn't feel like 13 minutes. It actually felt faster, which I guess is a good thing because then you're just 
constantly going, going, going in the ring. So I liked it. It was a nice, fun match. And surprise, yeah, Devin Monroe with the victory. And uh, at the end of the match, I Dave Vidal or Devin went to go shake on Jay's hand. And Jay, I remember, just like, just hocked a loogie, spit at him, and then walked away. And then Devin Monroe started chasing after, after Jay Vidal out of the ring. And Jay was out of there. So it was a fun, entertaining match. A good way to start off the show. Uh, great energy. The crowd was very into it, too. So. Um, that will lead us into our second match of the evening, and I'm going to totally mess up this name, so bear with me here. It was a Admiral Lord Mount Savans rules match. I probably said it wrong. That's great. No, that was great. Oh, I've, I've been working on researching this one. That is freaking right on as much as I'm going to even do. That's the best. That's so, as good as it gets. Right away, I heard this. I'm like, what is this? What kind of match? And so, yeah, it was very uh, totally different. Felt more like um, back when Impact, they kind of had a little series, not King of the Mountain or whatnot, but they kind of did like an MMA kind of style matches where mm -hmm. it's like three five-minute rounds and then no finish, it goes to the judges. That's kind of how I took these rules. Uh, I know you have a lot of the rules and stuff, so I'll kind of let you go over it. So uh, the participants in this match was Edith Surreal and Mike Bailey was in Edith's corner and Jordan Blade came out with Yokai and uh I I am a big fan of Jordan. I love seeing Jordan. He's like, they are super good. Jordan is amazing to watch. And it was nice seeing Edith uh, back in a GCW ring as well. So I'll let you go on and kind of describe how this match was uh, sure. laid out. Sure. Well, first of all, I'm happy that you said Yokai because, again, I like seeing Janai and uh, Yoya together. That's kind of a nice little team there. <clears throat> okay, so here we go. Uh, Admiral Lord Montevans rules are a set of professional wrestling rules mainly used in the British Isles or in British wrestling. They were named after Edward Evans. He's the first Baron of Montevans. It's, it's a weird name. But he ordered a unified set of rules written up for professional wrestling in the British Isles. So this style of wrestling under the rule system here that they had, it was advertised by promoters as modern freestyle wrestling. Now, here's what's going on. British pro wrestling used to have an all-in rules popular in the 1930s. These rules were the first to allow weapons and shifted the focus away from the skill aspect of wrestling. This wrestling got banned in London in the late 1930s because of the violence. Now, tell me that doesn't sound semi-familiar, right? So, yeah, the all-in rules is old school, old school uh, fucking hardcore. So... Because of this reason, then, this Admiral, Admiral Lord Montevans, he formed a committee with a radio personality, a British, uh, not the Prime Minister, but he was one of the members of Parliament, and then he got with an amateur wrestling champion and a professional wrestling promoter. And they all kind of put their heads together and created this committee, and they made these uniform rules that all the British promotions need to follow. So... When these rules came out, they kind of sent these out to the promoters. The rules were accepted by 95% of the promotions in the UK, primarily because a lot of them wanted to run in London and they were banned from running in London. And there's so much money there that they could have gotten. So this committee turned into the joint promotions. So they were saying that they were there to uphold the laws, but also they wanted to kind of control British wrestling as a whole. So in 1952, this is 20 years later, London lifted the ban on professional wrestling unbelievably and also because of this big gay brunch i wanted to mention that the ban for women wrestling in london did not get lifted until 1987 so that's some significant uh, cultural significant well 
just significant there for cultural reasons. But um, the rules here that they're going to follow that I'm going to mention because the rest of them really don't mean, you know, two out of three falls. There are going to be six rounds of this. So six rounds, three minutes for each round. And there's going to be a 30 second break between each round. So that's what we're going with. We're going six rounds, you know, three minutes each, 30 seconds between. There are no strikes. You can't go outside of the ring. This is going to be mostly holds, and, and they did this because at the time this was to make sure that nobody would swing a weapon on someone. This was this was their answer, and the answer here was very vanilla. This was a very vanilla style of wrestling. But the funny thing, this match really was trying to hold to these rules, but it was very odd. Those are the most important ones. You really don't need to know the rest because it's a lot of... Like they name all the holds what, you know, you can do a quarter of this, you can do a half Nelson, you can do a three quarter Nelson and so on and so forth. It's, it's boring. But yeah, most important is six rounds, two out of three falls. And that's where we land. So yeah, round one, Edith had a pin within the first couple minutes there. So we have Edith one to nothing. Now, the breaks, those 30 second breaks, no lie. I know that's the way it's supposed to go, but it kind of broke up the, the action and it actually killed the vibe with the fans. So uh, that's all I can really say about that. And I don't want to say anything bad, but it, it really did kill the vibe. It kind of quieted down the crowd. It, it broke the it broke the uh, the action. Yeah, it was different scene, but I kind of liked having Speedball in that and uh, Edith Surreal's corner and Yokai in Jordan's corner because you could kind of see them like how in MMA in between rounds, you get the little pep talks and stuff like that. So it's kind of yeah. nice hearing them kind of pep talking Jordan and Edith up. And so they got to be kind of a part of the show, even though I know they didn't want to like overshadow the match and stuff with everything, but because they're just bystanders. But I thought that was a cool way to still have Speedball part of the show, still have Yokai part of the show, even though they didn't get physical in the ring. Like just those little breaks. And yeah, I, I, I totally felt it too. I'm like, oh, like I, 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 that's what the one thing I never liked about when Impact did it because it just breaks the flow of the match. I kind of wish they would do it kind of like how, uh, like just like a, just a straight, match until like two out of three falls would even would have been better without all the i think unnecessary rules but it's kind of cool because this is a different kind of style to see and obviously with epi's big gay brunch they they want to showcase different styles of wrestling different wrestlers different maneuvers and stuff like that so i thought it was a cool way to introduce that and your history of it like was awesome to learn about and stuff like that yeah the rules are kind of boring in my opinion especially being a gcw fan but luckily the uh edith real and jordan they made this kind of matches for what it is pretty entertaining based off of the rules kind of limiting what they can do in the ring. So um, I was kind of the same way with the breaks, but then I kind of was looking at the positive of it, just being able to see Speedball and Yokai kind of talk. So that was pretty cool scene, but it did. You could tell the crowd was like, wait, what? OK, we got to stop again. Like the up and down uh, yeah. the crowd, crowds don't really do that too good in wrestling. Like we're up for 10, 15 minutes or we're going to be down for 30 minutes. Like the up and down, up and down in three minute spurts is not a not a good way for to get fans involved in the match. But it was a nice way to introduce a new set of style of wrestling into this uh, event as well. Yeah, and you were right how like the people in the corners were kind of making it a little more colorful kind of speak. Yo-Yo was drinking Jordan's water off and on. I don't know if you were seeing that or not. I think <laughs> no. it, was re it was between round one and two or between round two and three. I can't remember. The other surprising thing that I wrote down that I really wanted to just mention was it's so cool to find out that the fucking 1930s were hardcore. 
<laughs> like how, how cool is that? You know, like it's a nice little piece of information to know. So then we go into the second round. There's a lot more submissions and holds. Edith ends up tapping here. So now we have Edith with one uh, with one and Jordan with one. So now we go into round three. There was really wasn't too much, maybe a little. I think there was. No, I'll wait because it was in round, a little after round three. But KG says this is the fight that happens when you have to split the check and the mimosas run out. <laughs> that, that was a pretty good little statement there. But uh, Edith was using some incredible holds during this. Round three went to a draw. No one scored a point. So everybody's kind of going back to their corners there. And you see Jordan attack Edith on the way back. So between rounds, it ended up in a little bit of a scuffle. You know, speedball comes out and he's acting tough. And, but uh, yeah, so that leads us into round four. So round four, there's a lot of brawling, more or less. You end up seeing a brain buster. There's a furry counting in the background with the ref which I thought was absolutely fantastic. Uh, both get knocked out in round four. So basically this round was a nothing. Nothing happened in this one. It counted to four over the crowd chance for one more round. So finally, here we go. We're into round five. They go back and forth a little more of a tussle and boom, they roll up and both people's shoulders are down. It's a double pin for round five. So funny thing, we end up with Edith with a one and Jordan with one. So our winner is nobody. The crowd boos. We get bullshit chance. Honestly, when this is all over with, I just wanted to say that everything about it was odd. It was old school. It was an interesting pick. I think maybe for the history aspect that women couldn't even wrestle in London at that time until the 80s was something definitely that was that was uh, maybe worth mentioning there. But at the end, it was nice to see that um, the fans really still cheered the performers for their efforts and appreciated what they did because they were still going out there and busting their ass. They had to work within the skeleton that they were given. So I'm going to be curious down the road to possibly hear from Effie or someone else um, what they had picked, why they picked the match, what what uh, what reason for, because now that I know the history and now that I understand what's going on with this match, I would like to know exactly um, why he picked it and what reason possibly if it was just a oh hell reason, I doubt it. So I'd love to know why. Yeah, the confusion yeah. at the end was kind of. Kind of had that old school to me, like the 80s, kind of like dusty finish kind of thing. It's like, wait, was there a winner? Was there someone's shoulder good down? point. So like that, I like just seeing that part was kind of like, wait, who won? Who won? And like seeing the confusion. And then like I remember seeing the background, like two people were kind of pointing to Edith. And then like the one person they were talking to were like, no, no, like Jordan. Like, look, the Jordan, the, uh, the Jordan shoulders were, or Edith's shoulders were down. Jordan got the win. But yeah, it was weird. It was interesting. I think. As you said, they did the best that they could do because I <laughs> I was kind of skeptical going into this round once I saw the rules and kind of heard about the rules. I was like, oh, how are they going to play this out? But it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed it. And it, like they got to showcase different styles of wrestling, which I, I'm all for. I'm all for the variety of seeing different styles, different matchups, different rules and stuff like that. So this was a very entertaining match and they definitely did as best they could. Uh, but they all, all the rules kind of like you just said, handcuffing them. So, uh, going back to how you said, I would have liked to know why if he picked those two for that rules. Like, was there, I don't know, like maybe they have a backstory of a previous feud, and maybe this was like a way to kind of burn off the feud. I have no idea. Um, I would just kind of would be wondering why those two competitors were picked to have a match with these kind of rules and stuff like that, too. Um, but shout out to 
or credit shout out whatever to Jordan and Edith for making it entertaining. I loved like I said Speedball Yokai too, adding a little bit more MMA. Kind of felt like a mm-hmm. MMA kind of match especially like I think that was the end of one of the rounds where Devin and uh Devin um Jordan ended up kicking Edith like away from away from them and then like get out of here and like you see the corners kind of getting in between the fighters come back to our corner we only got 20 seconds (laughs) like hurry up so i like that kind of feeling but i just wish they didn't limit the like the strikes and stuff like that but it was cool seeing like that whole second round being all submissions and technical and on the ground so i was all for it but like as it played out i was for it but during before the match i was like i don't know how that's gonna play out well, we can all say that we sound one, or we've at least seen one of yeah. these matches, though, and and we can all just say now we watched this and got, or we listened to this and got smarter today. So <laughs> yes, and now next time if they ever have another match, I, I know the rules and kind of know what to expect heading into this match. <laughs> For our third matchup of the evening, it is the gayest tag gauntlet match. I probably totally butchered that one there, but. Uh, the competitors, the teams in this match, we have the McQueens, the Runway, Money, Power, Respect, MSP, Joey Mayberry, and Mateo Valentine. And this one, I all new, all new people to me. Um, so I was kind of just really trying to figure out, really trying to figure out who is who again and who's on whose team at the beginning. <laughs> um, and then try to put the names to the performers and stuff like that. So I was like, this match all to me was all about learning. So I didn't really get too much into like how the match played out or any of that stuff. It was a pretty fun. They had a lot of stuff going on in this match. So it was definitely fun. A lot of stuff going on. Um, but yeah, this was a learning experience to me, learning all these competitors and stuff like that. Okay. No kidding. This was probably one of the most difficult ones for me to review because there were so many new people. So we're talking two, four, six. I know Poyo. Eight, ten, and I'll take away take away one of the McQueens. So, so yeah, there is nine new competitors here in this gauntlet match. So for me, at first, it, it was a hellish thing to do. Um, this is an eighteen-minute match, so no lie, there was a lot of work put in it uh, on my end and theirs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, it probably took me a good thirty-some minutes to get this out, and I'm still hoping that I got this right. Um, first out ended up being Mateo and Mayberry. I think they have great music and it's just a hundred percent pure love. If anybody's ever heard that song back in the nineties, I'm not going to sing it. The second one out was the runway weighing in at 24 karat gold. I thought that was fantastic. I love Mateo's shin pads. It's like this multiple color, the Chicago stars. You see them a lot on CM Punk. He has the same thing on his kick pads, but they're awesome. Uh, the runway performing tag team moves together when they came out looked absolutely fantastic. I heard someone say, I got legs and I know how to use them. I just don't know who said it. Klein gets his pants pulled down. He decides to wrestle with them down. So he decides at some point that he's going to do the Rikishi butt move and then does it. Mayberry Mateo was eliminated while being distracted. So that comes into our third entrance. That's going to be money, power, respect with Poyo Del Mar. They are heavily cheered. I believe out of San Francisco, they're very strong style, thick guys, very strong. They come out with a lot of double team clotheslines and into power bombs. They completely destroyed the runway and eliminated the runway. Fourth out MSP. We have a dance off. 
money, power, respect eventually goes ahead and starts kicking their ass. I wanted to mention through MSP that Danger Kid was really exciting to watch. I'd kind of like to see him again and money, power, respect. I believe that's where MSP. No, it's not the runway. It's not MSP. My uh, my notes finally failed me there. I forget who got I forget who got eliminated off the top of my head and process of elimination with my tiredness is not helping here. But basically then out out next. And this is our last one would be the McQueens. I wrote here that the team has great size. They may be the largest ones in this match, and that's including MSP. Plenty of personality. I really did like watching them. They um they really colored up the show a lot. They made it more fun to watch. And I could tell you, honestly, I wish they would have come out around number three or four because that kind of personality would have been a great refresher halfway through and would have probably carried through this match. So I feel like the, the, the matchup between the McQueens and MSP was probably the best first real matchup of this gauntlet that was really a real good quality wrestling match. I could watch those two face each other uh, alone. But the McQueens end up pulling out a win with a pin on MSP. Yeah, this was a lot of new people to me, and I was... I was just, I was doing my best to get through it. They're, yeah, I've, I've mentioned a couple people that I would like to see again. Uh, the McQueens, if they do keep those paired, I would like to see them maybe come over and see what they can do in GCW because we're really good with accepting the type of characters that have the entertainment value that they had. So that's what I really have to say about this match. I don't know if there's anything else you can see or say or... I, I like I like seeing all the tag moves because obviously these are all new teams and I always just wonder like what kind of tag moves are they going to put together as a team that I've never seen before like are they going to kind of stick and use some old school tag team moves that we've seen before or are they going to get kind of creative and add their own little flair and style to it or just do something completely that nobody's ever seen before so that's why I was kind of looking for these tag matches especially with all these competitors because like I never saw any of them but uh oh, i forgot the team name now the team that was in like all the in the pink oh my god it's um i forgot the name of it well the the, the uh, money power respect with yes. Toyo. yeah they yes. they were impressive they were the ones who stood out to me because their size and like even their power moves was pretty pretty fun watching and stuff like that so and Poyo does excellent job on uh being a manager there's yep. a reason why she's called the manager of champions so um Great that, energy too. Yeah, MP NPR has great uh, energy. Yeah, so I was like, like that. I saw them. I was like, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing them in like these tag team uh, matchups that GCW kind of has and stuff like that. But um, the uh, Dylan McQueen, it was nice seeing Dylan again back on our show after we saw them at the settlement series. Uh, but yeah, this was a fun match, fun entertaining match. I like how they, but every team was creative. They had their own little moves. They I don't think they really <laughs> failed too much on executing them all. They all look pretty clean. I know like in <laughs> some spots, like maybe they didn't get the kick high enough or whatnot, but, like that's whatever. Like I'm not going to knock them like that. Like this was a fun uh, gauntlet match or a gauntlet match, sorry, with the tag teams because I liked how they kind of mostly stayed with the more normal, not GCW rules, but the tears and chairs and all that stuff. Like it did get crazy outside a little bit, but not too crazy where it kind of took away from the match i i love i loved seeing them kind of stick to a more normal style tag team gauntlet match in retrospect and this will lead us to our fourth matchup of the evening 
as Ashton Starr goes one-on-one with lightning in a bottle, Sandra Moon. And once again, we're playing Homerism here. Nice seeing Andrew Moon back out here in Vegas. Um, seeing her back in the GCW ring is always fun for me. And this matchup with uh, Ashton, I was kind of, I was very interested to see how it would play out because I think I've seen them wrestle before for, I can't remember which company. I could be completely wrong. Maybe I'm thinking someone else. But uh, if I remember correctly, though, if it was the same same one matchup I'm thinking of, they had great chemistry when I saw it. And so I was kind of heading in this match thinking like, oh, I want to see them build off their second match if they had one. I could be completely wrong with my thinking, but um, seeing the, how the chemistry would build if they did wrestle before. So Sandra Moon absolutely killed it. Nice seeing her back in the GCW ring. What was your thoughts on this? I really thought that initially both Sandra Moon and Ashton were treated really well by the fans. They were both really well received. Uh, Ashton in this match was going to be our heel, but it really didn't present itself until a little further into the match. So this almost was face face for just a small amount of time on Sandra Moon's side. I just want to give her respect for literally she's just putting in work so much. She's working everywhere. She's like a Billy Starks kind of situation where everywhere you look, you're going to see her on the card somehow. Like she, she's always traveling. She's always working. I just I wanted to make sure I give her respect for that. But yeah, Ashton ends up being our heel. He's getting insane boos. He, he draws really good heat. He's really disrespectful. And uh, I mean, it comes off to the fans as disrespectful. But there was a point where Moon did a tope suicida onto Star. It was throwing him into the second row of chairs. Then she turns around and does it again. The spot with Ashton doing a great abdominal stretch. He's actually he has he uh, he has Moon up on like one leg. It was fantastic. There was um, in and out of the ring a lot, but they were really keeping it fresh, which was fantastic. They'd go out of the ring for, let's just say, a minute or so. Then, boom, they're back into the ring. They do a little set there. Boom, back out of the ring again. So this they were wrestling so well together to me. Honestly, it felt like a grudge match kind of fight. So I could see those two not getting along and carrying a grudge and maybe having a small series. They did really well together. And this is another one I, I think I'd like to see more. And with Sandra Moon, especially, I would like to see her over a couple more times in GCW and see uh, stretch her out um, and see what she's really capable of creatively. Yeah, I definitely want to see different matchups with her. Um, I know I said before it was I, I was wrong. It wasn't Ashton Star that uh, the match I'm thinking of with Sandra was someone else. Um, so, yeah, I was completely wrong going into this match thinking of that. But yes, I definitely want to see Sandra Moon go against an alley catch, go against an Effie, go against, well, we've seen Effie in another promotion. We saw them go against, but I, like, I think she could go against anyone. We've seen her out here in Vegas, like the top stars out here in Vegas. She's gone up against them and held her own and not only maybe held her own, maybe even came out even looking better than their opponents because she is super talented and I she's like one of these next, I think, breakout stars because I know Impact's had her on a couple times. I know wrestled for like aw dark taping because it was out here and stuff like that so i think she's on her way to uh a lot more bigger matchups bigger names and her star is going to keep on growing so i'm always watching that because like i said she's just constantly growing getting better every time um ashton i i liked ashton this match he like as you said it felt like there was like some sort of bad blood and stuff like that and this was like I think probably mm. match-wise, one of the better matches of the night, just all together because it told a great story. They all like told had very good moves in the ring. They all 
played it perfectly. The timing, the pacing of the match was spot on. The heel work, the face work, the face right. Like, this was a really good match. I enjoyed this match. Probably one of the better ones of the night, I think, in my opinion. And one of the shorter ones of the night also. Yep. So we got to give them respect for that, too. I have not watched much Ashton Starr to get an opinion. So it sounds like you're a little more familiar with him. Is there maybe something you can tell me to look back to? Or do you have kind of something on him you can tell me or someone else to to familiarize us I, with him? I, yeah. I was thinking of a different wrestler. I was completely wrong. I okay, have okay, seen okay. Ashton before, like on watching one of the other different uh, other promotions on uh, online and stuff like that. I have seen Ashton before, but I the person who I was thinking that Sandra it wasn't that one. So um, okay. I think I've from what I've seen with Ashton, it's not too much now. I'm thinking of um, just recently there was an event. Um, was it like the some tournament? I think they had like some tournament, and like Ashton was really good with that in that tournament. Like he, I think they got eliminated in the first round or second round. So they didn't go too far. But Ashton, like I remember seeing Ashton, I was like, oh, he's like that. Ashton was talented. Definitely. And um, after this match, I would definitely want to see Ashton back in the GCW because same thing. Like, I think there's many different matchups that would be good and solid fun match matches to watch in a GCW ring. Uh, Uncharted territory. That's the place that I think that you may have seen him. If you ever watch it, maybe on like I over on IWTV. Probably Seems seen like a little he's over bit, there yeah. a lot. So I've heard that name quite a few times and I've watched it quite a few times. So chances are I have seen him before, but I just I want to kind of familiar familiarize myself with him. And again, Sandra Moon. So great. But they work well together. I, I just wanted to mention it again. If those two end up working together again, it would be so cool to see. Yes, I would definitely like to see this match up again. And as you said, this was 10 minutes. and I thought this was a very good match, like maybe extend it to 15. See what happens if they get a little bit more time. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed this match. It was one of the more smoother, cleaner, technical, high flying. It was it was good, all around good. I I really don't have anything bad to say about this match because it was it was fun. This was fun, entertaining match. Um, I don't remember if you did say the victory or not, or who won or not. I don't. Remember. But just in case, mm, no, no, okay, sure, go for it, brother. Ashton Star does pick up the win, uh, over Sandra Moon. That will lead us to our fifth matchup of the evening. A six-way scramble match. Once again, with a lot of new competitors, we have Jayla J, Aaron Rourke, Armani Kai, as a, I forgot if they said it, Chaos or Kaios, um, Chase Burnett, The Shade, and Moon Dog Murray. And this was going to be a fun one because once again, we have another local competitor in here from Vegas, The Shade. Um, the Shade, I, I like, I like The Shade a lot. <laughs> they have good matches, super strong. Very charisma, uh, charismatic, and you say you love the talking in the ring and talking and interacting with the crowd. Just Shade is that yes. person for sure because he is just all, like always talking all match long and stuff like that. And seeing Chase Burnett, obviously the only other one that I knew other than Just Shade in this match was kind of nice seeing Chase back in a GCW ring. But I was interested to learn more about Jayla, Aaron, Armani, and Moondog. And this was a short match, but. The purpose it didn't feel of like six and a half, man. It didn't feel like six and a half. Yeah, they, they like, packed a lot in. I was just about to say, like, it doesn't seem like a lot, but they all got their stuff in. And for the yeah. like the kind of the purpose of this match, I think in the pacing, because with the six way scramble, even though it was on the shoulder, and I thought it was like just super fun and entertaining to see them all get their stuff in and then just interact with the crowd, like how Deshane did and stuff like that. 
when he was like carrying both oh, i forgot which two wrestlers but he's carrying two wrestlers like it was nothing like he's already holding one and someone jumped on him he's just like really that's what you get i'm still holding on to you <laughs> and that person so uh what was your thoughts on this match okay so chase is always a welcome addition i raved over him the last settlement series uh i'm sorry the last settlement series no he was on the settlement series before that he was on the one with the court i believe who i'm sorry maybe i'm wrong chase uh chase we just saw chase on black label pro the other night that's that about a long weekend cow, man. <laughs> long Dude, weekend. i wish people knew um okay so yeah he's always a welcome addition uh the shade was absolutely incredible yeah it's like um kevin owens when it, he was in PWG, that's the kind of interaction, that fan interaction that I love. So he comes out with that beautiful versus pro belt. He's the versus pro champion over there. Armani was the one that was really the most new to me. I've seen a little bit on Jayla J, the Samoan diva, really impressed after this match. You know, like she was the ball buster in this match, if anybody. Moondog Murray. I'm totally a moon, like totally a moon dog type fan. He had that character so well ironed out. It was fantastic. He was going to be the sort of hometown hero here because he was from that Chicago area. He was another one where we have a guy doing the barks. He's doing the dog barks. So um, very old school. Freaking love it. If you're somebody who likes like early 80s, old 70s, late 70s kind of wrestling characters, that's exactly who he is. Aaron Rourke is the last one to come out. He has a good look. He has a great outfit. He has great length. His moves look pretty good. I'm waiting to see him get a little uh, a little more mature to see where his career goes. But from what he looks like now, it just looks like young, but really accomplished for his age and for uh, for how long he'd been in. So, yeah, as I'd said before, Jayla was really the hoss in this match. There was a point where Deshade ended up taking two men on his arms. He's just strong as shit. Yep. Uh, our money comes off strong in this match. Also, I don't really have a lot of the high spots. It was just when you see some shit go on, our money sometimes happened to be in the center of it. Burnett had a fantastic handspring moonsault onto Jayla. This was about three quarters of the way through. Moondog has the crowd barking with him. I freaking loved it. Jayla put up Armani and Aaron in her shoulders and then ended up slamming both of them. And I wrote down here that Armani is a great asshole. But our winner of this match ended up being Jayla J with a sitting, a spinning sit down powerbomb on Chase Burnett. This really was a quick match. Obviously, they've never worked before, but they did a lot to make it look pretty damn good. And again, you're right. They shined. Each one of them had time to shine. But yeah, my, I'd like if this was a box of I don't give it like macaroni and cheese and they stuffed this damn thing full, like just so full. Yeah, you were right. It was Chase Burnett was on the show and tell. I remember that was against ASF. So I was wrong on that one. And like I said, it's still been a long weekend. Um <laughs> Yeah, to me, I really liked. Um, I really like seeing Armani. I that Armani is another one I want to see come back. I think for me, Armani was other than the shade because we know the shade, or I, I at least I knew of shade. I think I don't. I think you've heard of the shade before. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. So I like. I was obviously real for him, but Armani is one I would definitely wouldn't mind seeing back in the ring. I I I, I like the look. I like the look. I like the attitude. Um, the, the few, uh, high spots that Armani did, I enjoyed. Um, 
it, it was fun. And it's just so funny seeing Chase Burnett out there, like still dressed up as like the old grandpa doing all yeah. this stuff out there with them during this match was, that was entertaining to me. Um, And this Jayla J, yeah, as you said, what was her nickname again? The Samoan Diva? Yeah, the Samoan Diva. Yeah. Uh, Jayla was impressive too. She definitely had all the Haas moments where like, nope, I'm going to take all five of you out of the ring. This is my ring. I'm going to be in charge of it. Um, and yeah, uh, Moondog, the barking, it was what got me. I was like, I right away when I heard the barking, I was like, oh, I wonder if John's going to bring up the barking. Oh, we were yeah. just talking about that. So that was, uh, Moondog was pretty funny. And like, whenever I hear the word Moondog, I actually played on a softball team and our team name was the Moondogs because like the person who put the team kind of together was a giant Beatles fan. And I guess that has something Beatles. I should know this. I actually took his class in college, but. That was a long time ago as well. But yeah, so yeah. when I heard Moondog, that caught my attention. I'm like, ooh, Moondog. All right, I got to pay attention to Moondog Murray just because of the sentimental fact when I used to like play softball on, a, on the, the Moondog. So um, yeah, nice, fun, fast match. Like That was good. I, I was cool with that pacing because they all got their stuff in. It didn't drag out. And it was super entertaining because they all, with all their different styles and looks and stuff, uh, Boop sets, they all got their stuff in. I got to see a bunch of different stuff that I normally probably wouldn't have seen uh, throughout the night, but they all jam-packed it into this seven, six-minute match. So it was fun. Nice, fun match. Nice seeing Deshade again. Nice seeing Chase again. And definitely want to see Armani again in the near future in a GCW ring. And that will go into match number six of the evening. And here's where it gets a little crazy. We have a no-DQ match with Pero going up against Kid Bandit. And just off size alone, this is David versus Goliath here. Um, Arrow's giant and Kid Bandit, still fresh. I think they just had or is about to have their year anniversary of wrestling, which is crazy to think about in a year, all the places that Kid Bandit has wrestled in, not even counting GCW. That's probably like their biggest platform, I think. Oh, I think maybe that AEW dark match, but... I consider GCW bigger than Dark because it's GCW. It's not just a throwaway match on AEW Dark. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Kid Bandit's had an incredible year, rookie year. Pero, uh, Pero's just a big old giant monster. So having uh, <laughs> having Pero go against Kid Bandit and no DQ match, I'm like, oh, poor Kid Bandit. They're going to get right? annihilated doors, chairs, and that's pretty much what happened during this match. What was your thoughts on this match, John? Uh, you're, you're right. Paro is large. So how large is the question? So here's what we have. He's built at six foot four and a weight of 293 pounds. So yeah, picture that walking around all muscle. Feels taller than that. Seeing him in person felt, he did feel taller than when I saw him in person. Well, you know, you have to have the ring boots to make sure you protect your, uh, your, uh, your, you know, so it might be an extra inch or a half inch there, but yeah, that's that's a that's a freaking big, big boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and he came out looking absolutely strong just from the entrance alone. He was menacing in a way where he was slowly walking, he was staring, he was letting everyone kind of take in him and his size. And of course, we also have Kid Bandit. The fans love Kid Bandit. That's another one where I hope she kind of stays around wrestling for a while because we're in a situation where she's on the cusp of blowing up, like going out into the crowd and really getting people on her side. And even I, who had a few months ago not really heard too much, still looks at this look that Kid had put together and has a great look, you know, so the whole thing. But 
Okay, so now I see why the scrambled match was put together and semi why it was so short and why they were getting everything in. And that was because this match was a settle in your chair, a 16 minute drag out, kick the shit out of Kid Bandit kind of match. I mean, this was meant to be and it was just a brutal match. Yeah. And and it just got to a point to where easily established Peros the heel in this one. And after they start throwing after uh, yeah, after Peros starts throwing Bandit around, we're getting fuck you parrot chance or Paro chance. They didn't say fuck you parrot. <laughs> yeah, but uh Bandit ends up finally getting out of the ring and gets that Singapore cane and starts beating the shit out of Paro with it. And then the referee starts to get involved somehow, which doesn't doesn't really make much sense, especially because it's GCW. But and there it's a we hear match. I know. Well, OK, so I may have put that in my notes in the very, you know, to make sure it was complete because it originally, I think, was supposed to be a regular match. But I thought all GCW matches were no DQ. So uh, but however, yeah, Effie comes out. I'm confused, man. <laughs> Effie comes out, though. He announces it's his show and there are no DQs. So he tells Bandit to beat up Pero, and Pero takes the cane and actually breaks the cane and starts beating Bandit with it on the <laughs> wrong end and actually thumps her pretty damn hard in the head yep. with the handle. So to the outside they go. Bandit gets thrown through six rows of chairs. Uh, that, what happened there can't be summed up in one sentence. <laughs> Pero starts grabbing chairs from underneath and throwing them into the ring. Pollo comes over and argues with Pero because at some point Pollo's like, no, you need to stop this. You need to, you know, this is over. Don't treat him like this. Don't. And sorry, here we go. See, don't treat her like this. Do these, there's no reason for this. And kind of gets in the way. And at that point, I didn't know if maybe Pollo was stalling or what was going on. But my next note there was how tall is Pollo? Because no kidding, Pollo was taller than Pero. But also, I believe Pollo may have some form of platforms on with her with her clothing that night. So I'm not really 100 percent sure. But uh, everybody gets back into the ring after some Pollo gets pushed. And finally, Pero gets a asshole chance. Bandit's already back in the ring. Pero gets in. Bandit beats Pero many, many, many times with chairs then kicks a chair into him i don't have a better way to talk about it you should check it out it looks pretty bad bandit gets dropped back first onto four chairs we get holy shit chance um it looks bad it looks really bad the chairs were pointed well they're chairs like you can sit in but the backs were all kind of positioned against each other in the center so there's this long line of maybe four inches maybe three inches where your back just hits steel spine on and and that's what you see is bandit just hit spine on and kind of bent over poured over both sides primarily and then fell out and then Oh, Bandit was now choke slammed from the ring to the outside of the ring onto a table and then into a pile driver. Thank you for letting me say all that in one sentence. This match had a lot of shit in it. And again, I put I put most of the high spots in here because I had a time I had time to put them in because it was boom, peril getting hit with chairs many times. And then he has to sit there and kind of shake, you know, shake off six chair shots. Or, you know, there's a point where Bandit gets choke slammed, you know, onto the table. The recovery time isn't five seconds. So, I mean, this match was hard hitting. And the fact that they took time to have some recovery really helped make that impact even greater. Yeah, uh, seeing when Pero came out with his entrance, wearing those the chains, like kind of as a chest, <laughs> I was just like chains. Like, I was like, yeah, yeah this is going to get bad. And it sure did. Like, 
Bandit takes a beating in most of the matches I've seen them in. Um, I've seen them do like some crazy matches uh, in, I think it was Prestige Wrestling. Um, like, Bandit just goes in and like, I think it's just crazy after a year. Like, Bandit's moveset is pretty out there. Like, it's creative. It's very, like, it's tough to do, obviously, because like, I, I just like how Kid Bandit just goes for it. Doesn't doesn't care they the that they've only been doing it a year. Doesn't care who the opponent is. Doesn't care the setting of it. Like whatever I see, because I've seen Kid Bandit on like Twitter post like, "Hey, I'm gonna do the spinning kicks, or I'm gonna do like the six thirty kick, or whatever." Yeah, yeah. Like, Kid Bandit just goes for it. And I love that about Kid Bandit because like <clears throat> that's what a lot of wrestlers I think they kind of the bigger the stage, they might just kind of fall back to what they know on, so that way they don't have a botch or don't mess up the move or don't fully connect, where Kid Bandit just doesn't care, just goes for it. And I love that about Kid Bandit. That's why I love watching Kid Bandit wrestle, because I'm always wondering, like, what new and innovative stuff is Kid going to pull out tonight? Because every match I've always seen Kid do, like, something I've never seen before, or maybe not complete it fully, but still attempt something that I just thought was, like, i never even seen anyone attempt it, so... Kid Bandit has a lot of heart and just in general, especially during this match, taking as much beating as Kid Bandit did. Um, Perro's a monster. Yeah. Perro's one of those ones. I, every time I've seen Perro, it's always been like in a death match or a no DQ match with chairs and doors and stuff like that. So, um, well, Kid Bandit was really, I think, a great choice when it comes to choosing a smaller one that's willing to perform like their life depends on it, because that's exactly what you need to have when it's David versus Goliath. Yeah. You know, Goliath is going to be coming at you one way or another. And I really do think Peril played that part well, but you know, you have that little person and they're going to have to jump. They're going to have to climb. They're going to have to throw shit. They're going to have to extend themselves to every physical capacity they can. And you're right. That's exactly how kid bandit wrestles. I almost could say that there are portions where kid bandit almost wrestles self-taught because some of them are so un orthodox and in in the greatest of ways and i think sometimes that creativity is what changes the uh the wrestling scene yeah and as you said at the beginning with this kid kid has has it like there's something about kid bandit where there's a reason why kid bandit is going to all these different promotions i think they're now traveling to like other countries and stuff it's like i'm pretty sure they've only been for a year because i think the show that we're going to tomorrow night, Grap House, as we saw a lot of these biggest wrestlers on this show, we're going to see tomorrow night. We talked about it before. Um, I talked to Kid Bandit at that show like last October. I think it was right before Halloween, or maybe it was the show their show prior to that. But like, I was oh, cool. just talking to them as a like I was just there wearing my GCW stuff. I was there for Cole Radrick and Juicy and seeing the local talent that I love too. But I was wearing my GCW stuff and Kid Bandit came up to me and just started talking like, oh, like you're a GCW fan. I'm like, yeah, I'm here to see Cole and Juicy, but also see the local guys as well and stuff like that. And like Kid Bandit started talking to me. Like I didn't even know Kid was a wrestler. Like this person was talking to me and I thought like, oh, he knows like Kid Bandit knows wrestling. I know wrestling. It's fun. Let's just talk and chill and like, we sat for like a good 20, 30 minutes during the intermission, just talking wrestling. And then the, the intermission ended and we kind of went our own separate ways where we were in the venue. But I had no idea. So like a couple months later, I see uh, Kid Bandit like trending on Twitter. I think it was like right after one of the one of his uh, their matches that they did where they brought out like some sort of special weapon. Like because sometimes he'll uh, Kid will bring out like the the web whatever weapon that they're going to use. They use it, but like modify it into like a video game kind of style. Uh, weapon so that's another 
awesome and innovative thing. I like how Kid Ben is doing, but like, I had no idea. I was like, wait a minute, I just talked to Kid a couple like months ago, and like, right, they right. were just chilling and talking. Like, I had no idea they're a wrestler. So, Kid Ben, it's cool. I'm glad Kid Ben is getting what he's uh, like. He's Kid Ben is changing the game. Like, it's there's a lot of stuff on Kid Bandit that is so positive and so like uplifting for a lot of different people. And I think that's why Kid Bandit is just keeps on ascending and ascending and ascending over this short year to all these different promotions. And it's just so for me, every time I see Kid Bandit on a card, I will go out of my way to watch it just because of the innovativeness that a Kid Bandit has and to see if they grew or not and see them on a different platform, a different show, a different promotion. Cause that's just crazy for less than a year. Like, as you said, self-taught, I think majority self-taught other than going to some wrestling schools here and there, but probably just to get into the wrestling schools and everything was self-taught where it's awesome seeing Kid Bandit be as successful as Kid Bandit is. Well, I would have to say here that awesome job, Bandit. Yeah. Because, yeah, Kid got an amazing round of applause for the efforts here. And honestly should because she's going to be sore tomorrow. No lie. And of course, Pero, badass job for him getting those boos. Okay, not going to lie. This for me was the first strong, big match of the night. I mean, no, it felt like a good, solid, big show match. And I really like this. This one got me going. This was the first one that I went, all right, here's where the, the you know, the tone of the show is going to yep. start being set because I knew how many matches were really left. And the next match was the one I was really looking forward to. So, yeah, that was that was that for old uh, Pero and Kid Bandit, eh? Yes, as you said, yeah. perfect. Like as you said, I felt the same way too after like watching that match and the progression of it. I was like, oh, we're getting to the main event. It's starting. To get, it's going to get like the show is going to go to another level now. Like it's going to change, and the mood kind of changed after that match. As we have our seventh matchup of the evening, a three-way match with. Dark Sheik, Alley Catch, and Taya Valkyrie. And yeah, as you said, this was one of the more, for me too, like the one of the two matches I was really looking forward to watching because uh, the name power alone in that match and the talent was, I was like, let's see how these three competitors go at it. And they, they delivered that. This was so fun match. What was your thoughts on it? Okay, so this really was the match I was looking forward to the most on the card. Uh, Val ends up being the announcer for the match. She comes out in like a white and cream outfit. It's really cool. Allie, of course, is going to be heavily cheered as expected. And my favorite to win this one, Taya. So she's a great performer. I'm happy to see her over here. I'm always going to be 100% for her because I have seen her work so hard in so many places. She's hardcore as fuck when she needs to. Her moveset is incredible. She works her ass off and it shows. Uh, the match starts with Taya making everyone kiss her hand. So Allie obviously kisses her hand. And then when it's Sheik's turn, she turns around, takes her hand away and <laughs> tells her to kiss his ass. So Allie comes over and kisses Sheik instead. So everybody got their love. But outside of the ring, we go fairly quick and Taya finds a chair and pops Allie hard. Allie kind of gets mad and just runs off to the back. And everybody's kind of wondering, where in the hell did she go? Well, it took maybe 15 seconds. And she comes marching back out with a staple gun. Ah, so the staple gun starts to the side of the ring and everybody starts fighting with the staple gun. At one point, Taya staples Allie with Taya's pick. That she pulls out, unfolded, right to her forehead. Then she takes the staple gun and staples a dollar to Taya's forehead. 
<laughs> then she staples Tyus' pick to her own head, and then she gets a dollar bill stapled to his ass. Tyus staples the dollar to Allie's head, and it gets stuck there. And this was actually the best one, and I think that's why they stopped the whole staple thing, because the one that got stapled to Allie's head that stuck there was the best one. For the next minute or two, Allie was dripping blood from that, and it looked so good because you could see it. It was like streams coming down her face. It was fantastic the fight is finally at this point still outside in the seats i think we only came in for just a quick second so she could get that staple in her ass <laughs> but uh ali and taya they get to a point where they go back into the ring and they do like this long makeout session and you know everybody's loving that the good wrestling was going on in this match no shit i i mentioned a lot of the high spots with or not a lot of the high spots, but a lot of the more hardcore spots. There was a lot of good wrestling in this. Um, it's funny I say that after I just mentioned that she gets pussy stomped into Allie, which, yeah, curb stomped. But uh, I'm actually proud of myself because I never thought of that before. So, yeah, she got pussy stomped in. Allie Spears Taya threw a door propped into a corner. And from there, that's where Dark Sheik ends up being our winner. She hits the welcome to die on Allie. This was a lot 13 minutes and my notes are 16 to a 20 minute matches worth long it's just yeah another one where it was exhausting man i, I feel for them they're going to be sore i was surprised ali would do that kind of match especially after the night she had the night prior because i yes. think she was just bleeding buckets the night prior and for her to get violent again was not shocking it's ali like but as, for me i was like i don't i hey if i'm going to three four matches this weekend like I'll get crazy on one, but we're going to take it easy on the next three. But that's where yeah. Allie Cat separates herself from all the other women in wrestling. And she's willing to go balls to the wall, go right for it every single night. And she delivers every single night. And this, all three competitors definitely delivered here because um, we've seen kind of Taya get a little violent when she needs to be. I've seen Dark Sheik get in there with Nick Gage and Sheik will do whatever she needs uh Sheik needs to do to win the game or to win the game, to win the match. Um and Alley Catch, of course, we've seen her it just as violent as anyone else in GCW. So I once I saw all the weapons come out, I was like, this is gonna be fun because all three can go in the more extreme, ultra violent kind of setting, even though like obviously it wasn't light tubes and stuff, but for an extreme match, these three killed it and this was fun. It was very fun. There was a lot of a uh, lot of blood, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, action going around everywhere. I loved the whole staple gun spot too, because I remember um, I think Sheik was wrestling against Jimmy Lloyd in Vegas. I think last August when I saw Sheik against Jimmy Lloyd, and um, they did a cool little dollar spot and stuff like that. Where I think like one of the dollar bills was like more than a dollar, and Sheik was going to put it on Jimmy Lloyd's head. And it was like, nope, I'm putting it in my pocket. <laughs> like I think I'm pretty sure that was there, but it was like fun. Like Sheik is funny with the staple gun because um, when she ta- when Sheik takes that staple gun, it's like the pain in Sheik's face is just like exasperated. It's like oh, like I can't believe that just happened. But I am glad that Sheik got the victory here because uh, after what. Sheik did in Atlanta that weekend was just insane. Like I said, that was her weekend. So I was kind of glad to see Sheik kind of get the recognition after all those uh, weeks and months traveling with GCW, which is awesome. Now, like we said, we talked about a couple months ago, her uh, dark Sheik now traveling around with the GCW roster, not just really sticking in LA, which is awesome to see. I love seeing like them going to go to different territories, different parts of the country that we normally don't see them in. 
So, um, and of course, as you said, seeing Taya in a GCW ring was awesome too. So, uh, these three killed it. As you said, like this was the match that we were kind of looking forward to the most. And I think after my, uh, my original match of the night, this one kind of overtook it after I watched it. Cause I was like, yeah, that one was fun, entertaining and a, uh, fun way to set up the main event of the uh, main event of the evening is Effie going against Max the Impaler who came out with one Amy Rose. Um I've only really seen Amy Rose kind of on Ring of Honor. She kind of like always just the corner sitting with or or uh, she did actually she was in a group with uh Kenny Kenny King and stuff like that, but I'd never seen really Amy other than outside of or never seen her outside of a ring of honor ring so that's kind of nice seeing her uh first time with the gcw crew i think it's her first time i'm not sure but um yeah this was our main event of the evening what was your opinion on this match okay max the impaler looks great right yep max the impaler looks great they look fantastic it was a great look it always has been i'm a big fan of that big burly kind of scary thing anyway so this hit on all kinds of uh cylinders for me because this gives effie a real challenge at least in my head as somebody who's looking at a storyline here here comes that big that big beast that effie has to conquer effie's music hits and Fans are waving their arms. They're singing. It's really nice to hear Elton John again. I love the mix that he has with Bussy, but the, the Elton John is just, I'm old. <laughs> Effie comes out in a pink ski mask and a nightgown with his jacket on over it. And he has these confetti tubes in his pants and he's got confetti tubes in his hands. And he kind of puts his hands to the sky. Out comes Big Big Vin from underneath of him and gets carries and picks up Big Vin, takes him right to the ring, walks Effie around the ring, sets him out there, puts him off the front. He does this little entrance that he likes to do. But the one thing that was more important here was that Effie's arms and back were still heavily damaged and scraped up. And you could see it was just red still everywhere. Uh, there was a part on his right arm and shoulder area that was heavily taped. I mean, I could see at least an inch or so of tape that was put in there. And that's after it looks like it's been squeezed down good and taped down. Um, it, it was just, you could see that Effie coming in, man, he was, he's got to be hurting. There's yeah. no way in hell he's not hurting. So... I, I knew this was going to be from the get-go something where Effie was probably going to be getting his ass kicked for a while, and it started out just like that. Max was imposing their will from the beginning. I believe at some point, if I listened to commentary correctly, there was a booty fishnet skin chair on sale. I uh, Maybe I'd, I need to listen a little better, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that I'd heard that right. <laughs> Effie used to be managed by Max's manager, Amy Rose. Really? I don't know if you heard that. No. Yes. I've only okay, seen so her in Ring of Honor. And like, it's more like for the first longest time I saw her, she was just like kind of off to the side and kind of like the ring, yeah. not a ring girl, but like the, the person that ring the bell. Like she was always yeah. sitting in that area. And then uh, in the last, like uh, they say a year ago, she got into this faction with, Kenny King and um I forgot who else, but like she ended up becoming like a manager for this faction. So I thought that was kind of cool seeing her being able to do that stuff. So I had no idea about Effie and I don't even yeah, I have zero knowledge of this at all. So that's kind of cool learning about that. 
Yeah, so Effie used to be in a small company in Florida, and she was down there, and that's where they had worked together for the longest time. That would explain okay. why he did, like, as I was watching before, like, he went and shook her hand, like, and it looked like, oh, they must, they, I, I thought of it, like, they have a history yeah, together, yeah. but with as many independent wrestling promotions, maybe they work together somewhere else that I haven't seen, so that's why I, my original thought was, like, maybe they have worked together, but I had no knowledge of it at all. Well, Amy forgot that about mid-match, because that's where Amy started going in and throwing in chunks of doors for Max to use on Effie. Effie's on the other side of the ring. He's throwing in chairs that he's, you know, that he's finding. At one point, Max starts ripping off Effie's bandages and choking him with it. So we've got the ultimate heel stuff going on here. You know, you don't 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 mess up his his bad arm and don't, you know, and then choking him. But Effie has chair shots on Max in the corner, sets up a chair, hits a Yakuza kick into a leg assisted DDT. That's the best way I could describe that. It was a fantastic set of moves. Then we have Effie going to the back. Again, disappears. We don't know what's going on. Comes out with that huge orange ladder from the other night with Allie's help. So he goes ahead, puts that in the ring, sets up the ladder, climbs the top, but Max is back. So now Max climbs up that ladder too. Effie gets choke slammed by Max from the top of the ladder. That's where somehow Effie rolls up Max with a rope assisted one, two, three. It was a really interesting spot, too, and it happened really quick. But it was a good match. And again, that music hits. And here we are with Elton John. So I can't really complain. It was a really interesting 13-minute match, and Effie took a lot more damage than I expected, giving all that hard work he put in the night before. Yeah, it was nice seeing Max uh, in the yes. in the ring too, because um, I just loved how, like, right before the match starts, like Effie's just cowering in the corner, like side eyeing, like, uh oh, they're getting closer to me, closer. It's like, and then like Max uh -huh. is just kind of stalking him, and then kind of just stared him down, and then walked away. But then you just see Effie kind of give like the whole the cross and then a little 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 cross grab to kind of like okay I'm safe like thank you Lord but hopefully I get through this match because Max is <laughs> Max is intimidating like that like mm -hmm. Max's character is awesome like uh what what's that movie where they kind of uh. Oh my God, Mad Mad Max I think it was Mad Max Road uh, Warriors yeah yeah, yeah. Max I know like, what you're talking about yeah like I just like I love the look of like kind of like hey I'm the last survivor of the the new modern world kind of thing. And I've, you don't know the shit I've been through. You don't know what that has turned me into and what I'm capable of. Like, I love Max's character. It was awesome seeing it. Effie's of course just kills it with the reactions and his charisma and kind of played up to it. Like it made it made Max seem more scary, just him cowering in the corner. But it is pretty funny seeing that because after the match, he just went through the night before. And now he's like, cowering in the corner but it's like hey i just survived last night let me survive one more night please one more night let me just survive it but this was a fun match um f i don't like i said how alley catch and fe could do what they did tonight after wrestling in that art of war games and just hours before because they're like and uh no that one wasn't a late night but they still probably went out and partied afterwards you know and only got a couple hours sleep before the before the brunch time but oh yeah it's rough yeah, it's it's so cool though seeing Effie wrestle against Max because that's obviously a match we don't probably would not see in a lot of places other than Effie's big gay brunch. And I think that's why I kind of really like this event because we would see a bunch of different talents go up against each other that not a lot of companies are doing right now. And that's where I give like just major, major props and uh major props to Effie and to Brett and GCW for 
giving Effie that spotlight and that time to kind of run these events because it's so important. And you could tell how much it really means to Effie to be able to um, put this on for the community and stuff like that. And it, it's awesome. And he, like, and it, I don't think there could have been any, well, not any injury, but like it would take a lot more than the Art of War Games match to keep Effie out of uh, being there for his own show and especially to main event it against Max and uh, Maxi and Paler. Like Effie, major, major kudos. It's so awesome what you're doing. These shows absolutely keep killing it. They keep getting better. Um, the crowd get, keeps getting larger and larger. And I on social media, I remember, cause like I said, I watched half of it one night, and then I had to watch the other half. Um, one of the other couple of nights when, after we recorded while I was editing, but uh, um, to finish it. But seeing the social media presence that this show has and how well it was received online and stuff like that. It's so awesome seeing um, Effie just like how Brett gives a platform to all the GCW rosters and all the independent wrestlers that maybe no one's heard of. It's Effie's doing the same thing for the LGBTQ community. And it's awesome to see that. And I love it. And I, I can't wait till Effie's big gay brunch number six, because uh, that crowd's going to be even bigger, probably get some bigger names, bigger talent, maybe bigger, um, or time for the matches and stuff like that. It's just going to get bigger and bigger. And it's just so awesome that Effie, Brett, and GCW does this. I'm, I'm mostly giving it all the credit to Effie because it's his name that's out there and it's his product that it's got to deliver. It's his name that's going to get dragged, not Brett's, because it's called Effie's Big Game Brunch. So it's just awesome seeing it. And I love uh, Effie for doing all this stuff. I will say that Max does have fantastic makeup. Like that's a lot of work and creativity, no lie. Yeah. And and then on my end, I will say, too, on Brett's side, 100 percent for um, funding and believing in Effie's vision. I think that's that's really um, it's one thing to believe in it. It's another thing to do it. It's a hell of a lot more to put your money behind it and really, you know, do your thing. So, um, oh, the after the, the end of this match, the end of this show, because uh, we're almost getting into the memorable moments damn near before we. But um Effie goes ahead, grabs a microphone. He says he is proud of what he's done today and what it's taken for everybody to come together and to make this happen. He turns to Max. He says Max and him, uh, he's proud because he doesn't have a leash. Because I'm sorry, because Max doesn't have a leash and he loves that. Yep. Uh, the crowd's saying, who fucks? Effie fucks? <laughs> I mean, this is in the middle of a great speech, but... He said if those aren't with him, then they're leaving money on the table. So bye-bye then. And he kind of turns his back and done with the mic. And I thought it was a fantastic speech. I thought it was a very, um, not well, I would say cocky. Cocky in a good way, though. Yeah, it was very, hey, like, look what the fuck we have here. Like, are you serious? You're going to kind of blacklist, blackball us. Like, keep yep. us off of the list. You know, not give us money. You know, look what you, look what's sitting around this ring right now. Thousands upon thousands of dollars in revenue just waiting to be taken in and this person supposedly is unhirable and so is this one and so is this one my ass yep that's exactly so, what i was saying it's so cool that f is yeah. giving those people that platform now here's my next part the first thing out of my mind after that was honestly gcw needs that same exact speech 
We need someone to sit down. I don't care if it takes weeks. I don't care if it takes four writers. We need somebody to come out there and say that same shit to the GCW fans one night. We need a re- we need a moment that could be very recorded, where, like something that can be blasted out everywhere, where just one moment someone says, God damn it, we're GCW, this is who we are, so on and so forth, and then literally just drops the mic, pan out, the crowd's going nuts. We haven't seen one of those moments in a long time, and it would be nice to see one of those. Honestly, it would be cool to just see a small pep rally. I would love to see someone somewhere work for a couple weeks on just a nice little pep rally speech. Give me eight, eight sentences. Give me eight sentences. It'll just drop our jaws. And see, that's so cool. That This is another reason I thought that Effie would have was going to beat John Moxley other than that. He absolutely deserves it. But yeah. with the role that he's been on lately and how popular he is with the GCW, obviously crowd and, um, the fans and stuff like that. And with this event coming up, I just thought how cool would it have been if he's big gay brunch, if he just comes out as he did with big Vin, just on Vin's shoulder, but carrying that GCW world title. It's like with a King's crown. Exactly. Like, Hey, this is what you guys won't do this kind of stuff for our community and all these talents and these wrestlers. But look, here's what you're missing out on. They could be a world champion for your company. They could carry your company. They could do this. And I thought like, I I honestly thought that was a kind of a kind of big oh. drop of the ball, but I just think that, that I I would have preferred seeing that. That's kind of why a lot of the reason I thought Effie was going to win too, just because with this big gay brunch coming up, I thought that'd be just a big like just cool moment. Him winning at homecoming, him um going to his own show as the GCW champion. I just thought that would have just lifted the whole thing up more and stuff like that. But Effie, I got I, a great one. Go ahead. I got a great. I'm sorry, just no. uh, because I'm tired. I just, um, I have a great idea. It would have been great to give Effie that belt. And I said a king's. No, it would have been cool to give him a queen, the queen's crown, the actual England queen's crown. If they could have found something like that. No, 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 no. Follow me. I know the queen kick. Bad timing. But uh, <laughs> yeah, bad time, right? But the queen's crown. And it would have been cool if he could have gotten like the royal, you know, the he royal robe looking thing in the back, right? And then Big Vin would have picked him up and he would have waved. Now, here's why. There's another gay icon out there that did this move. Um, Freddie Mercury yep. from Queen actually had a famous for where he put on the Vader helmet and then he had the Queens and someone had lifted him up and he came out and waved. It really could have been a historical nod. I really hope maybe someone does hear that. What a cool little thing. But that would have been a nice little historical nod if he came out with the belt as the Queen. Like fantastic. That's a really good idea. And seeing all this talent too. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just gonna say that's a really good idea, man. I'm really happy you come up with that. Between two ideas, there was a good one there. And see what I what I was when I was watching this, um, because I saw all the talent stuff like that, and when I saw Effie come out on Big Vin shoulders like that, I was like, oh my goodness, how much would that belt have? How good would that belt have looked for this show for Effie for everything right now? He came out wearing it. But then, like, as that was happening, I immediately thought of, like, a king, queen of the ring or whatever. Like, if it would be kind of cool, I think, for whatever Effie does, like, maybe the next big gay brunch, maybe have, like, whatever pronoun the wrestler uses, making it kind of like a, like, a LGBT community kind of, like, tournament with all these different styles of wrestlers and all the different, uh, wrestlers from that community putting on a great tournament like that's what i was thinking because i was just thinking like how cool would that be if like max impaler just won and then uh max ends up riding out on big vin shoulders uh 
with a with a crown or with uh whatever on the head and with the robe and with the little the little uh thing that they hold in the hand like i just always think of like macho king like i was just thinking the macho king like whatever yeah yep. that scepter is a scepter that he was holding yes yes yeah oh, that's right. a scepter so i just thought that'd be kind of cool like max max impeller just looking badass but walk coming out winning that tournament beating effie and having the the crown the the robe the the scepter going out on big Vince shoulder i just thought that'd be a cool idea like that's what was going through my oh. mind just during that entrance like alone would have been like oh that'd be kind of cool if they did like some sort of tournament Whatever, like yeah. I said, whatever pronoun that the wrestlers want to use, or whatever, like, and you, we know Effie's he's created enough to make it a crazy sounding or um, I, I, but a reasonable sounding cool name for a tournament that he could come up with that would be all inclusive for all the community to be involved with this. I, I just think that was a cool little idea that came in my mind, but all my ideas are kind of uh out there anyway, so who knows? Um, I think just to end this. You know, was just I think it was nice that Effie was being given such a huge ovation. Max was being given such a huge ovation. Effie was able to say his piece in regards like the gay trans community not getting enough work from promoters. On my side, I really just want to tell Effie and everyone involved congratulations for a fantastic show. Absolutely. I was really happy to see that there was a big crowd there. And, you know, just a reminder, we are all people. So that was fantastic. Um, another reminder, this is theater. It's um, it's very, very easy to make room for enough characters. A hundred percent. And we need all kinds of characters because then we can make all kinds of different stories. Uh, that was another reason why I kind of like how they had all those multi-person matches is for that yeah. reason. Gave more people the time, the platform and the the uh, um the crowd to kind of earn a new audience and and i really think that maybe i'll i'll sum this up a little i mean to the best of my ability but also i hope this is the way effie wants to see it but i'm really hoping the big gay brunch kind of helped open more minds more hearts and for everybody's sake more wallets that's what i want to say about that and his speech, as you said, was awesome. Like that was very motivating but also uplifting not just oh yeah let's go Rule the world that was so uplifting and you could tell obviously we I don't think he is a character. Like I think Effie is Effie every single time I see Effie. Like it does not matter. I don't think he I don't think Effie turns it on, turns it off. Like Effie is Effie, and that's what I think a lot of the fans draw to him is because it's Effie. You're always gonna get Effie. It doesn't matter if it's on his Twitch channel, if he's out signing merch, or if he's out smoking a cigarette right before the karaoke, like Effie is Effie, and it's so awesome to see. And as Kevin Gill says, Effie is fine. Effie is life. Every Effie is all the good that's in this world. So I just, I like you said, as you said, proud. I think that was a, not proud because like I'm not like Effie's dad or whatever. But I thought it was just an awesome moment for Effie to kind of have another successful Effie's Big Gay Brunch, and I can't wait for number six. And that will lead us into our memorable moments of the evening. And uh, once again, I'll I want to go first this time before I forget. Do it, brother. You always take some of my stuff. Well, not we always have the same stuff. Yeah. That's why we do the podcasts. We got the same style yeah. and everything. But uh, I my first one was love seeing the Vegas group. Love seeing Sandra, Deshade, Jay Vidal. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, am I missing anybody? Was it just those three? Kid Bandit. I'll, I'll say Kid Bandit because like Kid Bandit's always doing the Graph House shows nowadays. So um, Dark Sheik, same well. Like she's always uh, Dark Sheik's always performing out here in vegas quite often too or even on the west coast so seeing the west coast people 
I was kind of seeing the people that we always see all the time was very awesome to see because I think that's where Jay Vidal kind of like took the next step last year was in that crazy spot jumping off that platform at Effie's Big Gay Brunch. So nice seeing the Vegas people there. Um, fun. A lot of new new competitors I'm now learning about. I'm going to go out and watch them. I'm going to go learn more about them and and to see how fantastic they really are because there was a lot of great talent on this show. Um, and I just love the variety of everybody. There was not two people that looked the same, wrestled the same, or acted the same. There was so much variety, and I loved it. And then my final one was that three-way match with Dark Sheik. I oh, yeah, catch that just shows you like there is money to be, as Effie said, there is money to be made out there, uh, and no reason to be back blackballing, uh, not taking wrestlers and giving them matches or signing them on to stuff just because of uh, how they decide to live their life. It's just awesome seeing those three out there and killing it. And this whole show, Effie, thank you. It was awesome. Very entertaining, very informative. Like we got to learn about that whatever <laughs> Admiral Lord Darth Vader match or whatever yes. it was. Like yes. So th- this was a great show. Like I said, I I thought I had a big hill to climb last year. I still kind of personally like last year's show, to be honest, a little bit better, but that has not a knock on this one. This one was entertaining and I enjoyed it. The two different nights I watched it. The first half one night, the second half another night. Very fun show. So thank you, Effie. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, GCW, for a crazy, entertaining, violent, super fun weekend. Okay, so my memorable moments, I'm going to start out with my... uh... Okay, no shit. I'm going to get to the point. I am totally offended. <laughs> Here's why. Here's why. How the hell can you have Effie's big gay brunch and no fucking streamers, everybody? Seriously, I am the streamer guy. How in the hell do we have no streamers? Okay, so we no confetti. kidding. Yes, we, well, ha, ha, we need streamers, <laughs> too. I'm dead serious. So we need to fix this next time, fans. Please, next time we see Effie's Big Gay Brunch, streamers. Also, there are rainbow streamers out there that are fantastic. They're a little bit past yep. my budget, but if you see them or you see someone throw them, respect them. They probably own a yacht. That's when I saw it when <laughs> Effie, that was the first time I saw it. That was, it was stood out was seeing it and Effie's match against Moxley. I think there was only one thrown in there, but it was like, Whoa, that's cool. Like that, that probably meant a lot to FPC and that coming in at him as just yeah. any streamers does in general. But seeing that rainbow streamer come at him before his match against Moxley had to be an incredible feeling for him. And then, um, Fur Cassidy was always staring at me during the <laughs> show. Creepy. I, I just, I was eating food. I went to go take a pee. I came back. Everything I'm watching, I look up for my notes. Fucking Fur Cassidy is staring at me. I think he was judging me, but I'm not sure. <laughs> okay, so another memorable moment. My first Admiral Lord Montavon's mask uh, match and its history lesson. No shit. I just hope everybody learned a little something. I've been watching almost 40 years. Never heard about this. So, hey, we learned, man. All that information you dropped, was that from KG or was that you looking no. it up? Because I'll be honest, like, I'm about to, I didn't hear any of that. And I'm like, wow, was I really not listening during that match? But you found it? Nope. Okay. Yeah, about 20 minutes, I went and did some history. I kind of pieced some stuff together and made my own story. That's there wasn't a whole lot out there on it. But again, man, a mem- there's another memorable moment. Awesome. The 1930s were fucking hardcore. They were so <laughs> hardcore that got pushed out of London for 20 some years. Like, that's a pretty cool story. Um, maybe there's some hardcore guys from the 30s we need to know about. I almost wonder. See, when I think um, of 1930s now, because of these little gifts on Twitter, I always think of like those yeah. those French wrestlers that, now with the those, with the catapult, the catapult oh, on the, the outside of the guys. rings. Like that, when I say when you say 1930s now, that's why I think of those wrestlers like just 
jumping in on the catapult, just flying in. Dude, we need launch pads. WWE, AEW, they all need launch pads. I want to see what happens. And it kills me. Like, oh, we're all talking about like, oh, that was a dangerous high spot. That was a dangerous high spot. They did this shit 100 years ago off of catapults. It's just as high and probably like a harder ring and stuff, too. So I just love, uh, love seeing those clips. It uh, it was a quick, entertaining scramble. I really liked it because there was a lot of new performers for us to learn about. So hopefully we get to learn about them a little more down the road. Great job, Kid Bandit. You took an ass beating like a champion. Um, instant respect factor. Instant respect factor for that. I really enjoyed that three-way match between Sheik, Ali, and Taya. I was looking forward to that the whole time they delivered. Anytime I can see Taya is an excellent time, no matter GCW, please more of her. It's just she's fucking quality. She's not afraid to bleed. She's tough as nails. She fights with men. That's a complete that's a complete performer. Honestly, last thing I think here was that I never realized it could have been called pussy stomp this whole time. So uh, yeah. that's that's a uh, yeah, I'm a simple creature. That's memorable to me. So that that concludes, I think, all of the memorable moments I could remember. The only other thing is that um, I wish at some point we could wrap up a GCW show with an amazing promo like Effie gave tonight. Yeah, Effie's yeah. Effie's a lot like one of those lock. I think a locker room leader because as like when he was going through his matches like with Jeff Jarrett and stuff like that, I just remember him online cutting promos. Like it was like not even just a promo, just like hey. Like, just based off this whole card, Effie's Big Gay Brunch and the LGBT community and everything, he's like, why are we afraid? Like, I know probably some people in our community, they're afraid to be the world champion or put themselves out there because they're afraid of what's going to happen and the attacks that they're going to get. Then, like, Effie's just like, put me there. I will take it. I can take it. I've done this my entire life. I can take it, but I'm Effie. I have survived everything. That is what made Effie Effie. So if you guys, like... If you're everyone's afraid to put it on your guys' shoulders or as a company, you're afraid of who, who to put it on, put it on my shoulder and I'll show you what we can do as a community, as a wrestling community, even with everything going on, like to improve the business and to kind of get rid of all these stereotypes and falsehoods that are being out there with these bigger promotions and maybe even some of these smaller promotions that are just too afraid. Because I remember seeing a couple shows or a couple tweets out there, like a couple of these wrestlers on these on this show specifically, they like maybe got a booking canceled because of or lied to because of how they uh, announced themselves, like their sexuality and stuff like that. Like they were blackballed just based off that. It's just like so crazy to be seeing that that's still happening, especially in the public forum. And I just love how Effie just dives into it. It's like, oh, I'm going to take all this stuff. Give it to me. I will be the one to shoulder this load, not anyone. Well, I really do think when it comes to the local talent and in Las Vegas, especially, we have a really inclusive wrestling community. I've to, to what I see, you know what I mean? I'm not in I'm not in every room. I'm not hearing every story. But when it comes to seeing that type of variety out here, you know, we were just talking about and I will talk in the upcoming show, this this scrap house, because we have some GCW people there. If you want to talk about an inclusive show. They have one. I have never heard. Uh, yeah, I've never heard about a story out of Las Vegas where someone got shut out because of who they love. So I haven't seen that. On top of that, I'm just thinking personally, if I was a promoter that really, I mean, candidly, I think who you're fucking doesn't really change your drop kick. <laughs> quote me. Let's go to quote the title. I, I'm dead serious. Feel free to quote me, but I really do feel that. I don't think your headlock changes either. 
you know, let's talk about that. And honestly, let's talk about creativity. You really think that changes? No. And I think creativity and drop kicks make a big difference. Yes. So, okay. Yeah. That's, uh, that's everything. You want me to go through some uh, shows real quick and call this a night? Let's hit them up with the upcoming shows and we will be out of this long four podcast weekend. Yeah. Um, so do you want to go with the GCW shows first or do you want to do them in sequential? Like, how do you want to do it tonight? Just go with GCW and go, fuck it. Why does it matter, it? bro? Yeah, how you have yeah, it? Yeah. Good. Okay. So here we go. This is going to be our first GCW show of this coming weekend. This is going to be GCW Settlement Series Part 3. You're going to be able to catch this on IWT TV. This is going to be held at the Booton Town, or I'm sorry, the Booton Elks Lodge in Booton, New Jersey. Saturday, September 10th, this is going to be 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Again, as for right now, there are no announced participants or what the show's theme may be, but we know it's always going to be entertaining. So, yeah, if you have a chance, tune into that again. That's Saturday, September 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. There should still be front row tickets available as when I wrote this, there still were. They were $25 a piece, and we also have general admission available for $21 a piece. Now, our second show on Saturday, this would be considered our larger show. This would be JCW Uncensored. This is going to be on Saturday, September 10th, though. Uh, I'm sorry, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. So this is just a couple hours later in that evening. So if you can stick around old Boonton Elks Lodge in Boonton, New Jersey, for just a while, you'll be able to see two great shows in one day. There is a barbed wire match that is announced for this. We're talking Mance Warner versus Slade. Masha Slamovich versus Jungle Kiona. We have a GCW Extreme Title Extreme Rules match. Cole Radrick versus Alec Price. Fantastic. Beastman versus Janella. A bull rope match. One called Manders versus Charles Mason. I, I want to see an ass kicking on Mason there. Lucha Extrema match. Los Macisos versus Wasted Youth. The okay. Last Woman Standing match. Janai Kai versus Sawyer Wreck. Martial arts match, Mike Bailey versus Yoya. So we have a lot going on there, and I do believe there's more that's been added that since my notes, but I'm not sure. Front row are $39, second row $29, and general admission $21. I totally forgot the that's Wasted Youth. That's Dylan McKay and uh, Marcus Mathers. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that yesterday. I was like, Wasted Youth, that sounds familiar, but, oh, that's going to be crazy. The They're going to get the Mathers shit out of them. McKay, let's go. Oh, yeah, I hope they I well, those young kids, they obviously are going to be able to heal up quickly. They're going to need it after that match. As SGC said, <laughs> fuck them kids. Oh, <laughs> yeah, as CM Punk said. That was the funnest um, match that when SGC went against Starboy Charlie, Nick Wayne, and I forgot who the third competitor was in that match. Another young competitor but was like, oh, yeah, let's just put them all in the ring with SGC. Like, And then I just remember someone posted online, like the Michael Jordan meme, fuck them kids. I'm like, yep, those kids are going to be in for a rude awakening here. So then our last match here, or I'm sorry, our last match. I'm so used to saying that. Our last show. Now, the last two shows were GCW on Saturday. This show is on Friday. This is the one that we were talking about out here in Las Vegas. And just as it just so happens, we're talking about being inclusive and we we're talking about making sure that people are getting, you know, this is one of those shows. It's out here. This is the Grap House show. This is going to be their first anniversary show. Friday, September 9th. 
Doors are going to be open at 6 p.m. there. This is in Ferguson downtown in Las Vegas, Nevada. GCW fans, if you're a fan of Starboy Charlie, Dark Sheik, Hunter Freeman, Sandra Moon, Cole Radrick, or Jordan Oliver, you're going to be able to go down there and see them. There's VIP tickets for $25 a piece. You're able to get in 30 minutes early and meet all of these people. General admission, $20. But yeah, the doors open at 6 o'clock over there. You're going to be able to see a fantastic show. They do include everybody over there, and it's going to be a fantastic time. We're going to be over there, too. So yeah, support your locals, support your local independent wrestlers. Do what you can to get out there. It's going to be a fantastic time this weekend. This is a great weekend in Las Vegas and great weekend for GCW fans overall. Yes, a big shout out too to Hunter Freeman that we're going to see tomorrow because uh, they just announced uh, for the LA show on September 23rd that's going to be Hunter Freeman going against Mance Warner. And that is a match I Ooh. am dying to see really? now. Yes, I cannot wait for that match. That, that's going to be exciting. Um, once again, too, if you're looking for a space, a little easier place to find the GCW uh, upcoming events, if you're having trouble finding it on their social media, please check out the GCWplantspodcast.com. We have an event section with all the upcoming events coming up from GCW, as well as ticket links. If you just click on the event, the ticket link will be right there to buy the tickets and go to the show. And my wife just updated because they just went on sale about a couple hours ago. The shows for Detroit and Columbus have been updated with the ticket link up there to buy tickets for those shows as well. And on the, also on the website, you can also find where you can find us on all your podcasting places and all the um, YouTube and stuff like that and find our social media. Uh-huh. So it's a, it's a very basic, easy, clean uh, website, and we're going to be adding more on. Um, I'm kind of in the process of talking with a couple of the photographers we always see at these GCW shows and seeing if we can start adding some of their pictures to our website while giving them credit. And we're not making money off this website. We're not making money off the podcast, but uh, just trying to get some more. Are we making money at all? Yeah. I I think I'm losing money, losing sleep. I'm losing time. I'm losing fucking sanity. Yes. Losing sanity was going to be my next one. (laughs) But uh, just trying to get some more. Uh, this podcast is for GCW fans. A lot of the photographers that go to these shows are obviously diehard are GCW fans as well. They travel uh, along with them just to get the cool pictures of the action and stuff like that. So I do want to kind of make talk with some of them and try to see if it's okay. We put some of their footage and pictures up on our website and make sure they give credit because obviously this is for fans. They are fans. They do awesome, amazing work with some of even their video packages and stuff like that. So please, any of those uh, people that you see posted a bunch of GCW pictures that they have taken, please go check them out and support them because they do awesome, amazing work. They got great footage. Um, They put together great montages, great hype promo videos and stuff like that, but they also take great action pictures at the venues too. So um, that is in the process uh, next as we continue to kind of help build this podcast, grow it, give more people a chance to be recognized and show that their amazing talents as well with the, the pictures, the ring announcing, whatever it takes everybody to make these GCW shows. So we're just trying to give uh, the love to everybody that makes GCW such an amazing wrestling product and wrestling promotion. And, um, just keep it on GCW going. Is there any last words you would like to say, John, before we send them out of here? 
Uh, yeah, I really do think we did our best on pronouns. I think it's fair that we really do try to say that we we did our best. I do think I heard a he or she on my side every now and then. I just wanted to self-admit to it now because, again, I'm tired. I'm learning about all these new people, and I had a freaking blast learning. So, um, yeah, nobody kill me. If anyone, any single person ever has an issue, please, 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 please contact me. I'll be more than happy to apologize or talk to you about whatever you want to talk to. But I just wanted to say we did our best because we wanted to make sure we almost or we almost we also promote uh, great wrestling, no matter who it is. So uh, thank you for hanging with us as we stumble and mumble tired through this. Just remember, we had wrestling Friday. <laughs> we had wrestling twice on Saturday. We had wrestling on Sunday. Then we had to review on Monday, which takes four or five hours, plus four hours of recording. Then Tuesday, four hours of, and Tuesday, and then Wednesday, four, and then... So, honestly, thank you so much for holding in there. I am going to give the number totals at some point of how much work we put into this, but we're damn proud of what we did, and we're damn proud that we were able to do this for fans so that we all have something to listen to to get us through to the next shows. Yeah, same thing, too. If I have messed up anything, I do apologize. No intent. It's ignorance because i learned a lot of new uh competitors on the show that i never seen before so if i did mess it up once again i thousand percent apologize same thing reach out to me yeah. talk about it help help learn like educate me explain what i did wrong i don't mind it i if, and if i have i do sincerely apologize there was no ill intent just i am dog tired like i almost didn't even record this today because that's how tired i am it's been a crazy week pretty much after tonight it's like yeah we get to relax no we don't we got crap house tomorrow so fucking um, right and then we've got two shows on saturday yes. and dude it's, i ain't resting and i don't give a damn yeah so uh once again <laughs> anything to, that was wrong no ill intentions i apologize we apologize we will get better but much love a lot of learning on just competitors and there was a lot of new names this weekend seemed like every gcw show they were learning a lot of names a lot of new talent like yeah i'm now yeah. like my backlog of stuff i want to go watch because i'm seeing these competitors and i want to watch them in different promotions and learn about them and learn see them grow see them get better see what other talent and styles they do and all these other promotions like i'm always just constantly learning about these new talent and watching them so it was a lot of new talent this weekend and yeah i'm definitely going to be checking out a lot more of these competitors from all four of these shows this weekend and i can't wait to dive more into their development and their growth as a wrestler and see it happen in front of my own eyes which is always awesome to me to see uh the wrestlers keep growing and stuff like that so um um thank you for listening i forgot to say thank you for listening yes thank you all for listening thank you for too listening. it's <laughs> it's been crazy this whole week not just the wrestling stuff but it's been fun it's been crazy it's it's uh makes it all worthwhile makes all the We're time of it's worthwhile so everyone that is out there listening and spreading out the word and leaving feedback we do appreciate it we love it um it's it's been fun yes. and we're gonna keep on going and going and fucking going just like gcw on behalf of myself and Mr. John J. Wolf, that will be it for episode 20, GCW's Effie's Big Gay Brunch number five. Uh, like I said, next week we'll, we'll be covering JCW uh, Uncensored, I think it was. And yes, yep, JCW's Settlement Series. Yep. And we'll be covering all that next week as well. So be on the lookout for two episodes next week. We're going to shoot for maybe Monday, Tuesday. We'll see. Uh, how the week goes because i think after this week the gcw has another week off they're not going to be record or not going to be uh 
doing any shows as they are on their way to England the following week. Also, yeah, they, we don't even get a week off. They go to England that following week. So we will record yep. this before the next uh, GCW England shows as well. So keep an eye out on that as we cover GCW and GCW versus TNT. On behalf of myself and Mr. John J. Wolf, we will see you long. all on the next episode. <laughs> we totally messed that one up. It is Fuck long. It. Yeah. E- <laughs> C W. <laughs> <laughs>